so grateful for uh, the, our kids' men team who have been so flexible throughout these interesting days that we live in. Some weeks we have kids' ministry, some days we don't, and some days it's mass, some days it's not, some days it's snacks, some days it's no snacks, and uh, so uh, thanks to our kids' ministry team. They're not here right now, but if you see Josh and Jill or uh, Kitty Whiteman, uh, Courtney, you know, Kaylee has helped. Other people have helped uh, over the last few months. Just make sure you say a big, big thank you to them as we've been navigating all, all this stuff. Um, it's good to see everybody this morning, and I uh, hope you've had a, uh, a, a good, decent week, maybe, at, least, at the very least. Um, some of you maybe have had rougher weeks than others, and uh, this morning... I hope we can just take some time just to make the main thing the main thing as we think about God's goodness and his love for us in the midst of all the chaos. I, th- I often think of Psalm 4610, or the whole, ver- or whole chapter of 46, um, and it lists all, this, all the chaos that's happening. Wars are breaking out, earthquakes, all this stuff is happening, and at the very end of 4610, it says, be still and know that I am God. And so my prayer for us this week uh, in the coming weeks is that we would, in the midst of all that, all that's happening, in the midst of our political views and our opinions and all that stuff, uh, we would take time just to be still and recognize that He is God. Last week we talked about spiritual formation, and I quoted Dallas Willard a lot, and I'm going to do it again today, and I'm going to quote a lot of scripture, George Ann, so don't worry. Um, we talk about spiritual formation and just the longing that our hearts have uh, for something more. And we know that uh, Jesus is that more. We, we just discussed that. What would it look like if we could, our hearts could be the same as Jesus to the point that we were naturally doing the same things that Jesus did? Where we didn't have to think about it. Imagine how easy life would be, if I can say it that way, if, if we actually just second nature did the things Jesus did. We talk about how that's an actual possibility in our lives. We actually talked about the possibility that if you are an apprentice of Jesus and learning to live and love like him and do, and do not just copy more of him, but you do, the, the, do the right things and have a bit of a strategy, intentionality behind it, you actually can do that. How our hearts can actually be formed in such a way that enables, enables us to actually live and love like Jesus without even thinking about it. We'll talk about how a lot of us, though, don't think that as a possibility. We don't think that actually can be true for, for different reasons. We've tried maybe to do, we've tried to copy Jesus. Well, Jesus says, don't lie, so I'm just going to try to not lie anymore. And we end up lying, and we fail and get discouraged. Or sometimes we see Jesus' talks about, like, think of the Sermon on the Mount, right? Well, that's just stuff that this would make us feel guilty so when we do kind of fall and fail and fall flat on our faces, that we come crawling back to him. That's, that's why he said to do those things. Not because we actually can do it, but it draws us back to him. The other time together last week, ta- taking, sorry, ta- taking, talking, um, talking about, it's not just about doing more things, but doing the right things. It's not just about I'll say it this way. It's not just about trying, but training. Those are two different things. There's a big difference between trying something 
and training for something. Trying is saying over and over again that tomorrow will be different, but I'm not going to change anything. There's also another word for that. It's called insanity. (laughs) You don't change any of your habits, your patterns, but maybe tomorrow will be different. If I just try a little harder. Training those when you intentionally begin to make changes to your habits, your patterns, in order to achieve the vision that you have for yourself, whether that be in spiritual formation or exercise, uh, playing the cello, whatever it may be, it takes training, intentionality, changing your habits. Because you, you can only get so good practicing the cello twice a week for half an hour. Fair to say? You can only get so good at, at cello. Incre- incremental. You can only get so fit if you only run twice a week for 15 minutes and do the same route maybe every time. You only get so fit. You only get so far with that. You can only train your body to eat so many donuts if you only eat one a week. <laughs> Courtney doesn't believe this. Keep telling her that. But You can only grow so much in your relationship with Jesus if the only time you think about him is on Sunday mornings. If that's the routine, and, and, and don't hear what I'm not saying, if, if you call yourself an apprentice of Jesus, you say, I want to follow Jesus, you, your, your spiritual formation can only go so far if your root, if you will, your training can only go as far as, sun, goes as far as Sunday mornings. We want to move beyond just copying Jesus and move more into training our hearts to be apprentices of, apprentices of Jesus. We've used that word a lot uh, in the last... I don't know, quite a while now, I feel like I've been using that word. And so what, what do we mean by apprentice? Uh, it's fair to say, we, we look at the word disciple in Scripture, it's the same idea as an apprentice. I like to use the word apprentice because I, I know what that is. I think a lot of us know what an apprentice is. We think about uh, job placements and you get to apprentice somebody for so long before you can do the thing that person does. An apprentice is different than just a student. I mean, they're partially a student, but they are, they're more than just a classroom student, aren't they? An apprentice. When we think of a student, we think of someone who's just sitting in a chair, having information, kind of like what you're doing right now, downloaded onto them. But an apprentice, they use their whole body. <laughs> they're, they're actually doing, physically doing the things that their teacher is doing. They're actually following their teacher around and doing the exact things copying their, the teacher and what they're, what they're teaching them. And so we look at the word disciple, we're actually talking about the word apprentice. It's, it's the same thing. So again, we can't just get, be apprentices, though, if we just copy and paste what Jesus did. We don't have Jesus the same way the disciples did, just as they were able to follow him physically and do the things that he did and watch him do the things that he did. But they experienced a process of change that we, I think we can also follow today, which is this whole vim idea. reason the idea of vim and vigor. So think about vim and vigor. You think of, it's an expression, right? It's usually an expression for energy. It's vitality. It's uh, life. Uh, gumption, maybe even the word, use the word moxie. Remember that word? Is that an old, old word, moxie? Um, I used to have a dog named Moxie, actually. 
Don't get me started about that, because I'll cry right now on the spot. Uh, anyway, um, also, anyone ever had moxie in Maine? You can only get it in Maine. It's a type of soda. It tastes like rusted metal. It's, it's awful. My brother loves it. Yeah, but I just, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a true Mainer because I hate that stuff. But it's called Moxie. Uh, anyway, so a good way for us to, to think about this idea, I talked about the word vim last week, is vim and vigor. How do we have vim and vigor, vitality, in our relationship with Jesus? So vim, again, stands for vision, intention, and means. And we can see this, uh, this idea, all, not just in Scripture, but in a lot of things in life. Uh, a lot of things we see change in people, you're going to see vision, intention, and means. We want to see the practice of change happen. So, as we talk about our training, we need to kind of take a step back. And before we start talking about our intention to follow Jesus and how we're going to follow Jesus, we need to think about our, our vision. What is our vision to follow Jesus? Uh, I recently, I shared with some of you, I didn't share a lot with you because I was embarrassed to share this story. But some of you know I, I attempted the funny footpath this summer. I've done it before. I've done it once before, and I did it half time, another time. Um, that's another story in itself. But uh, this, so this time around, I, we, we went in August, so not, not too long ago. I had some buddies of mine come with me. It was me and three other guys. And again, I, I am, I've, been, I've been training for this at all. <laughs> uh, I was like, I've done it once before, so why can't I do it again, right? Um, and those of you who have ever been hiking before, backpacking, or heard of the funny footpath, I mean, it's, 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 it's a pretty grueling hike. Katie, Katie B. actually has done it. Uh, she actually did it this summer, Correct. The, yeah, I, I was waiting for that. But it, it was hard, right? The hardest thing she's ever done. And there's actually even an article recently put out, uh, I forget who put it out, but it was talking about how um, there's been more and more calls for the Funny Footpath Rescue because people just get into it and they're like, oh my goodness, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. And what happens is it ties up resources for the, fire de- the Sussex Fire Department. It's caused a big thing. Anyway. People were bored with COVID, so they decided, hey, let's just go hiking, uh, the hardest hike on the East Coast. So I started the footpath, and, uh, you know, when I, usually when I like, do, do hikes like this, I, I picture why, you know, why, I'm, why am I doing this? Well, I'm going because there's beautiful scenes, like scenic views there. Like some of the stuff you see there is out of control. I keep looking at Katie because she can vouch for me. Uh, beautiful scenery. All the rocky cliffs and just some of the, the, the kind of almost like fairy-like woods that you walk through, uh, the greenery, the, the smell of the ocean, all this stuff. It's beautiful. There is a sense of an accomplishment when you do it. There is a sense of, uh, you know, trying to, you know, you get to push yourself through something really hard. So I kind of like, it was kind of good for me in that way, you know, mentally. Fitness-wise, probably not the best thing to do to hop right in, four-day hike, but it was good for me, you know, you know uh, physically, mentally, uh, that's still up for question, but, um, but, you know, it was worth it for me to do this hike because of all these, I saw, and the camaraderie, I had my friends, right, I could do it with my friends, 
could hang out, camp out together. It was great. Talk about life things. Uh, So so it was worth it for me to put on a very heavy backpack, eat like a squirrel every day, and push my body to a limit that I normally don't do. Because I I had a vision for what this was going to be for me. Because I had a vision of the beauty, of the camaraderie, all these things. So it was worth it for me to do all this stuff. Halfway through the first day, one of my friends was having a really hard time mentally doing this. Now, he runs. He's a runner, and he's, he actually just, he finished a marathon, actually, uh, two weeks after he did the funny footpath. So he, he's in shape, much more than I am. But halfway through, he was like, I'm, I can't do this. Like, he was having a really hard time. He wanted to, you know, where's the nearest exit, and I want to get out. I was like, well, what, what do you mean? He's, he's like, I'm just not having fun. I was like, well, yeah, but you get all these views, right? It's scenic, and uh, it's good for your body. You get, to hang, you get to hang out with me. You get to hang out with your friends. Like, why, why would you not want to do this, right? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, well, no. He's like, I'm not in it for the views. I'm like, okay, well, the friends? No. <laughs> I was like, uh, accomplishment, pride? Nope. Don't care about that either. I could care less what people think about me after this is done. I was like, he's like, yeah, I have no interest in any of those. <laughs> I was like, then why are you here? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> and so sure enough, uh, second day, we spent one night, second day, he and I both hiked out. I had some other issues with my footwear, and I'm going to act like as if I didn't want to leave. Like I was big tough. I mean, partly I wanted to leave too. Um, but he was just cooked. And again, this is a guy who ran a marathon a couple of weeks later, which I, I can't imagine doing. <laughs> Why are you here? I don't know. Your will, your heart, your spirit will prevent you from taking one more step towards Jesus if you don't have a proper vision of him. You will have a very hard time taking that next step on that journey if you do not have a proper vision of who God is, his kingdom, and his gospel. You just can't. You just... Why are you here? I don't know. Your will will not sign off on being an apprentice of Jesus if you do not have a proper vision of who he is and, and his goodness. Vision is so important. And we're not talking about vision of the church right now or anything like that, but a vision of who God is. Your intention, which we'll talk about next week, your means on how you're going to follow through on your vision, all that stuff is rooted all the way back into your vision of who God is, his kingdom, and the gospel. So these are all intertwined. and we, I mean, they're all kind of the same thing, but we need to have a healthy vision of these three things. So first of all, the vision of who God is. So I just said that. And we did not coordinate it all, but Katie's last song that we just sang is perfect to what we're talking about right here. All that stuff comes back to the character of who God is. And all the things we sang in that song is because of God's character, because of who he is. We can sing those things. We have hope in those things. But who is God to you? What is he like to you? 
based on your actions every day, what does that tell you about your picture of who God is? When you look at your bank statements, what does that reveal to you about what you think about God? When you interact with somebody on social media or in person, what does that tell you about how you see God? 1 John 4.16. Poor Catherine. I, a lot going on this week, and I forgot to give her the slides, so thank you, Catherine, for doing this last minute. Uh, she's a magician. 1 John 4.16. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. I think a reality for a lot of us sometimes, we, we, our view of God we see God as being mad, as a guy who's kind of sitting up in heaven waiting to hit us when, we're, when we've done wrong, and that he's actually not very happy. He's just, he's just waiting to throw that lightning bolt down at us, and sometimes we say, oh, no, no, we don't believe that, but sometimes we, we, our actions tell us differently. God isn't mad. God is love. God is Love. Is it a thousand other scriptures we can go through to define who God is and his character? But I think that one really sums it up nicely. God is love. We'll come back to this in a second. The second one is this. We need to have a vision of the goodness of his kingdom. Zechariah 14.9 says, The Lord will be king over the whole earth. On that day there will be one Lord and his name, and his name the only name. There's a day coming where the kingdom will come to earth. It's both here and now. But is our vision anchored in that reality? Do we actually believe there's going to be a world coming someday, a kingdom coming someday, where there'll be no more tears, all the injustices in the world will be gone, and this whole thing we're living in right now will be no more. People won't be pointing fingers at each other, accusing each other of things. But there's actually a day coming that's, that's actually a possibility. That Jesus rule over all things. Revelation 21. We've heard this probably a thousand times. Maybe some of us here the first time. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, a dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Do we believe that reality? Are we anchored in that reality? Neither shall be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Revelation 5.10, and you, and, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Do you have a vision for a day that the kingdom of God will come fully? And that we actually can be a foretaste of that here on earth now. Do you actually live in the reality that you too will actually reign in the new kingdom? I'm going to 
another Willardism, I'm sorry, but it's not even my notes. But we are in training, for raining, or sorry, in raining, for raining. There we go. We're in training, in raining, for raining. I'm not going to go on that anymore. It's not my notes, and I'm, I don't have time to talk about that. I'm let, that's going to be there, like, little kind of like, huh, what are we intermeant by that uh, kind of moment. Last but not least, a vision of the gospel. We need a vision of the gospel, a healthier vision of the gospel, a correct vision of the gospel. So we need a vision of God, vision of the kingdom, and a vision of the gospel. Lots of us see God times again as a mad God, a taskmaster, task if you will. Do all these things. If you don't, boom. If you don't earn my love, you will not be blessed by me. Hope you figure it out. All the best. The gospel is the vision of God. John 3.16, for God was so angry and mad at the world that he gave his only son. No. God loved the world. It's not just that God loves me and that God loves you. It's the fact that God is love. That's, that's huge. Are, are we anchored in the fact that God is love? He defines love. We don't get to define love. God does, because he is love. He is full of joy. He is full of goodness. God, God still looks at the world today. It's hard to believe this, but God still looks at the world today, and he says, it is good. I, I really believe that. God still says, this is my creation, and it is good. There's some real messed up parts of it right now. But I made this, and I'm good, and so this is good. God actually enjoys us. <laughs> and it's actually the fact that because he sees the world as, he, world as good, his creation, I say his creation is good. He loves it so much that he sent his son Jesus to come to earth and to die for us. Because he wants us to get back to that place where he first created us. We're in perfect union with him. To be fully human again. To be an apprentice is to be saved by grace. There's no doubt about that. And that's a huge part of the gospel. Huge part of it. But that's, that's not where it stops. To have a healthier vision of the gospel means we need to take a look beyond just the saving part, but a broader vision of that. One of the things I've been asking myself uh, over, the last, over the summer, I should say, is I've tried to think through you know, vision stuff for St. John Vineyard and where are we going Which has been really interesting, by the way, trying to figure that out in the middle of this global pandemic. Uh, but the question I keep asking myself, what if I were to actually assume that each and every one of you, including myself, who walked through those doors over there, 
actually wanted to learn how to be an apprentice of Jesus? What if we were to actually assume that each and every one of you came in here actually wanted to be a, a, not just a student, but an apprentice of Jesus? And put yourself into that level, if you will, into the intentionality to fall through on the means, have a vision of what it means to be an apprentice. And before you say, well, yeah, Diane, you're like, why do you think we're here? Like I asked my friend why he was doing the hike, I just want to ask yourself, why, why do you come here? Why, not just here, but why do, you, why do you follow Jesus? Why do you take part in this every Sunday? Is it because you like the music? We have fantastic music, by the way. Fantastic. Sorry, that sounded really Trumpish. <laughs> I don't know why I said it. It's fantastic. It's the best. It's the best music. It's great music. Is it because you like the feel of St. John Vineyard? It's, it's relaxed. It's whatever. The feel of it. Is it because you like the idea of worshiping with people who are different than you? Maybe, because you, maybe you come here because you've been burnt out and you can kind of sit back and be ministered minister to. Is it because St. John Vineyard has been so welcoming to you? And those are all great things. But do you take part in St. John Vineyard with the assumption, with the vision, that you're here as an apprentice of Jesus? Because that's, that's a much larger vision for you than just enjoying some music. A large barrier we face that I think prevents us from seeing ourselves as apprentices, as ironically as it is, is actually it's grace. I actually think grace can be a barrier for us to be an apprentice of Jesus. A lot of us have been given a vision of the gospel that has taught us that you are saved by grace, your sins are forgiven, and that's it. And like the old commercial, some of you may have seen this, you can set it and forget it. Remember that, anyone seen that commercial before? Thank you. Thank you, George Ann. You can just set it and forget it. This is my last quote from Willard, I promise, today. Not next week, but for today. I'm going to quote him because you can be mad at him, not me, when I say this. We are not only saved by grace, but we have become paralyzed by it. We are not only saved by grace, but we have become paralyzed by it. We've always had a large open door, a welcoming door, but the door on the other hand has been equally large. And I think it may be because we have paralyzed ourselves with the free earning of grace, but maybe have never explored the efforts of grace. Philippians 2, 12 to 13, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only is in my presence, but much more in your absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The Great Commission, go and make Christians of all nations. Nope. 
Go and make disciples, apprentices of all nations, baptizing them in the reality of the Trinity, and to do what? Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Not just become a Christian, be saved by grace, and be done with it, but to do all the things that I've commanded you. One of the ways for you to test your own vision for the gospel and for Jesus is what you do after you learn. You don't have to do anything. What do you do after you've learned you don't have to do anything when it comes to grace and the gospel? What is your response when you learn that you don't have to do anything? Is it, is it just to say, okay, awesome, I'm good? Or is your response, wow, Jesus loves me that much? He gave his son for me? Even in my own brokenness, and, and, and when I was an enemy of him, he gave himself for me? How... How could I possibly learn more how to do that and, be, and learn more about Jesus and be more like that? Our vision for St. John Vineyard should not, and this is not a Vision Sunday type of thing, but I'll say this, our vision for St. John Vineyard should not be to change the world or even change the South End. The mission of the church is not to change the world. The mission of the church is to make apprentices who change the world. We are to be a training ground for apprentices here at St. John Vineyard. Who then go and teach others to teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Again, what would it look like for St. John Vineyard to be a place that assumed every person who walked through the door is interested or has a desire to be an apprentice? Not just a Christian, an apprentice. I'm going to close with this story. Uh, Francis Chan, a uh, famous Christian author, uh, some of you have read, read him. He tells a great story about how his church went through uh, a bit of a, a change, a shift in their, in their vision, in their mission, what they were doing. He was head of a mega church. Uh, it was thousands of people at this church. And they made a shift towards apprenticeship, apprenticeship, discipleship, and, and kind of get away from the, the megachurch idea. Not those have to be totally exclusive, but read the book. Um, and he talks about this idea of, God, of, of grace and, and the direction they're going. And someone came up to him and he said, listen, it's, it's, it's like at first you came up to me and you handed me a pair of skates, ice skates, and you said, hey, Go, go skate around. Have fun. It's free skate. Do the tw- all the twirls you want. Just, just go have fun. And now what I feel like you're doing is you're taking those skates back, and you're saying, all right, actually, we're taking, we're using, I want you to use these skates. We're, we're playing hockey now, actually. It's no longer free skate. It's, it's time to be part of a team, part of a mission, part of a vision that actually takes training and work and a little bit of effort on your part and we actually have to work towards something here. We have to train towards something here. And he's like, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like that, because I want to just free skate. I want to do what I want. This morning, I'm asking us to consider to no longer do the free skate, but to start playing hockey. I don't know how to play real hockey. <laughs> But I heard it takes a lot of effort and training. 
What would it look like for St. John Vineyard to stop free skating to start playing hockey? Let's, let's pray. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you that, God, you both, that there's a reality that you work in us, and the idea of grace is that we don't have to earn it. But God, there is still, the, the other half of that is you still call us to work out our salvation. Grace is opposed to, to earning, not effort. So God, help us, especially, especially in light of what is happening right now, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Not to set it and forget it, but to actually take the time to have a vision of what it would look like for us to be doing the things that your son Jesus did naturally. Help us to be anchored and rooted in the vision of who you are. The goodness of your of your kingdom and a healthy understanding of the gospel. God, may this place be a, a training ground for apprentices. May it be a training ground for those who will then go and be salt and light. God, may this be a training ground to the point that we are that, that city on a hill. This morning, I just want you to take just a few, just a few seconds, and then we're going to wrap up here. And ask yourself, what, what is the correction in my vision this morning? What's the correction in my vision of who God is, his kingdom, or even the gospel? Am I a Christian paralyzed by grace? Do I actually see God as a, as a loving God? God is love. Do I actually believe that there's a kingdom coming where Jesus will rule over all. There'll be no more tears, no more mourning. Because if our vision isn't rooted in those things, our will will never sign off to be an apprentice of Jesus. We will never take that first step on that path, on that journey. God, we love you so much. We thank you again. And God, this morning I just want to pray for all of us that we would lift our heads and get a broader vision of what you are doing. God, this whole vaccination thing going on right now, all the political stuff that's happening right now, all the, the, the fracturing of unity that's happening right now. God, this is not new to you. God, help us just to lift our heads this week. 
to get a broader perspective of what you're doing. God, we know you care about what's happening in our lives right now. You, you care about all the things that are happening. But God, we also know that you are sovereign. And that God, you are at work at a much bigger level than we could ever, ever imagine. And we thank you for that. We love you. We thank you for this time together. We give our week to you. We give this all over to you. Praise in your name. Amen.